Welcome to Hotel Analyst Perspective Podcast. Each week we delve into the key stories impacting hotel investors globally. Although, you should bear in mind we look at the world as seen from London. Find out more about us at hotelanalyst.co.uk. Joining me, Andrew Sangster, Editorial Director of Hotel Analyst, are Catherine Doggerell, Hotel Analyst Perspective Editor, and Chris Bowne, Web Editor. This week, we are talking about luxury, Google's latest move into hotel booking, and whether Germany is too hot. Catherine, you've been in the lap of luxury this week. What have you learnt? <laughs> Shop there, I'm entirely unsure what you meant, but um, I suppose I do live in Bath. Um, yes, everyone's been reporting their luxury results, and the um, Dedeker anthology has launched much to our entertainment and pleasure and luxury is all moving onwards and upwards and uh, of course more luxury for London, always more luxury for London and people apparently are there to consume it which is great um, and what we're hearing is um, that not only are they there to consume it which is great news for if, uh, people who own, um, well, marble marble mines, I guess you mine marble don't you? So good news for marble mines and uh, good news for those of us who want to have a, a delightful stay but um, apparently luxury is not what it was luxury is all about personalization which I think is something that we've uh, seen across the peaches now and uh, luxury has realized that you can be more personalized and uh, possibly less with the marble or less with the gold interesting I think it might be quarrying of marble if we're to get technical but um, um, quarrying mm. quarrying um, Belmond they're effectively on the block at the moment um, and you very looked effectively at, yes yeah she looked at their third quarter numbers were there any clues as to what's happening there uh, they very much said they didn't want to talk about it and then the analysts decide that they pretty much didn't want to talk about anything else and so it was a very short call <laughs> was it literally a no comment every time uh, they, they said immediately that they weren't um, willing to be drawn into it and of course the analysts then wanted to draw them into it um, and then that was the state of that. What it does mean for Belmond at the moment, apart from the fact that they're clearly about to be sold, I believe everyone has bid for them, um, that they haven't done anything in terms of their own expansion, everything's on pause. So we won't be hearing much from them apart from repeated questions about who's buying them. Mm. But Mandarin Oriental, which has seen very slow growth historically, does seem to be on the move though. It does. They've been, they've been pursuing management contracts um, as they have over the past few years and with some success announcing a new uh, resort on Lake Como which has a high density of people who want to stay in luxury products so it should go very well. Um, and uh, yes, they've been pursuing that but of course Mandarin Oriental has an extremely um, well-known brand, very well placed so you can expect them to be able to pursue management quite successfully. Mm. You, you mentioned Dedeker and I noticed they've hired the former CEO of the Mayborn Group. It quite amused mm. me when he described um, in the press release that he wants to curate a new form of hotellerie. Uh, presumably it's a certain je ne sais quoi he's hunting. Um, but the real puzzle for me was why is, is Dedeker also using Autograph, the Marriott collection brand? Uh, well, it's um, it's worked for them so far. This is a Boscolo hangover, of course. Um, Dedica, the Boscolo name lives on elsewhere, so they've been um, well not forced into a new name. They've had to take a new name, and um, they've had success, from what I hear, with autographs. So they're sticking with it. I see. So they've got Boscolo's gone now, has it, as a name for their properties? For these particular properties, yes, there is the Boscolo family retains the Boscolo name. 
Right, and they've they've curated uh, the Dedica ben. anthology, um, mm. but as such, right now that, that they feel the need to tap into a, a stronger brand in the form of Autograph. Uh, they're sticking with their existing um, existing distribution that they had with Autograph. Um, they are pursuing their direct bookings, but sticking with uh, sticking with the knitting. Interesting. I think it is a comment on the strength of the brand, but there we are. Um, Chris, luxury was also in the news concerning transactions, um, particularly with the sale of the Grosvenor House. What what happened there? Oh well, finally, it has. Uh, it seems it's, it's fallen into a safe pair of hands after long being uh, thrown around um, amongst a series of different owners. It was for some long while in the last few years owned by Sahara Group, who uh, appeared to have bought it with funds that um, perhaps weren't uh, entirely secure, and uh, Sahara fell under a, a, a continuing rainstorm of. Uh, of demands from Indian courts to pay back investors um, and its boss even ended up in, in jail for a while. Well, he had they his own were... deals room in jail though so it wasn't all bad. <laughs> <laughs> they, they tried to sell it on and uh, it did uh, sneak off finally to Ashkenazi last year who have um, ultimately uh, sold it on for a tidy little profit one expects to uh, Katara. Uh, so now it's in a, uh, a safe pair of hands, effectively, a Middle Eastern investor who is well, uh, well sourced and well financed, and um, doubtless will sit there for a little while. It's a sort of kind of hotel, large, um, reasonably luxury, in the centre of London, just on Park Lane, which um, that sort of investor loves to hold for a good while because it's a nice, solid uh, returner of of income. Uh, of course, the other the other uh, big th- big luxury news in London in the last week or so is that the Rubin Brothers have bought a central London hotel site. Uh, they've bought bought the site with permission to build a hotel. Um, but more interestingly, the they also own a site around the corner which backs onto it, which also has existing permission to build a luxury hotel. So they can uh, splice the two together to make quite a larger hotel. Um, so uh, we would expect to see that come forward in the fullness of time. That, that's the In-N-Out Club, isn't it, on Green Park? That that's backs on to? No, no, this is another one. Ah. Uh, this is one in Great Marlborough Street, um, and it backs on to uh, another site which they already own in uh, Poland Street. So, yeah, the In-N-Out Club carries on. They've got more. Okay, and we we're still waiting to see exactly what they're going to be doing there, aren't we, at the In-N-Out Club? Absolutely, yep, yep. That's that, that's a planning story that runs and runs. Great, great. Okay, let's move on to Google. And Catherine, has Google finally taken the plunge? Uh, are they becoming an online travel agent? No, no, but they are becoming very, 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 very even closer to becoming an online travel agent, but not actually an online travel agent. So you good people at Booking and Expedia keep paying them the money. And uh, yes, so they were now working with Choice. Um, So you can complete your reservation online on Google using any saved Google credentials you may or may not have, which is good for Google and its um, ecosystem of Google. And um, Choice says it's also good for choice. Um, More people book on Google, uh, search rather, on Google. It's a search engine, not a booking engine, don't get confused. Um, They do all their searching and now you can follow the whole transaction all the way through. Uh, So happy times for them. And lower commission says choice. Okay, uh, that's the chief benefit for choice. Is it just lower commissions? Lower commission, and um, and as we've been saying, people search more. That there's um, they're thinking there'll be less drop off 
with people who may then possibly not go to choice and book direct. Um, the cost to choice or the not cost to choice, depending on how you want to look at it, um, is that the loyalty programme members um, do not, you have to go back to your reservation and submit your reservation number, I believe is the way the structure works, to get your loyalty points for any reservations made through this system. So it's a bit of a catch there, depends how much you want the loyalty points. I guess this will be an interesting test for them on that front. Right, so this hype about a frictionless path isn't quite true. Well, there is a frictionless path. <laughs> it's just there's some drop-off on the way. It depends what's causing you friction, I think. If uh, if your priority is your points, you can probably uh, see that as a bit of a loss. But if you just want to book seamlessly, maybe on your phone, uh, using, your booked, uh, using your existing credentials, there's no friction there. So... Uh, yeah, so uh, as far as the book direct argument go, it'll be an interesting one to see it play out. Mm. And it, it, I mean, for me, one of the big threats to Google has not been the OTAs. Uh, the, they're the big clients of, of Google, so Expedia and Booking, um, as you point out, pay Google close to 10 billion US a year. Uh, the big threat has been Airbnb, where customers are actually going directly to Airbnb and bypassing Google. There's no need for Airbnb to pay those enormous sums in terms of performance marketing which the OTAs have been paying. Yes, yes, Airbnb um, as was noted at the hotel distribution event only not very recently um, was described as a as now a super super brand as far as travel goes so people listing on them can enjoy I think four to five percent four to five percent commission and what is not to enjoy about that? the economy chain Motel One reckons that the German market is too hot. Are they right? Well, I think there's certainly uh, an element of truth in that. There were some quite scary figures produced recently at the uh, European Hotel Investment Conference showing the pipeline in a number of German cities, and that pipeline is looking like it's got some quite large scary numbers in it. Um, and then uh, you can also see the heat of the market in the way that the increasing number of uh, German investors, um, particularly those funds that like to buy leased properties, are buying those leased properties before a single brick has been laid. They're uh, you know, buying off plan, just like uh, uh, Far Eastern investors used to in the overheated London residential market. Um, so it's, it's definitely some signs are there. Seeing, and Catherine, what's your take on, on the German market? You were chatting to Motel One for their, for their recent results. Uh, yes, they are. They are confident, but they're not above saying that it's overheated, um, and a lot of that heat has been investors going in and seeking solace in a in a calmer market with calmer returns and solidity, whereas uh, the rest of Europe can be, you know, frivolous as we've heard, um, and ups and downs and things like that. So this is solid, attracted a lot of interest and now perhaps too much interest. Uh, of course this comes at exactly the time that Whitbread is looking to get in there and have a good solid time which will um, increase its attractiveness to whoever's going to buy it, or whoever's going to buy Premier in. So expect more investment. It's a good job really that they've sold Costa. <laughs> uh, one of the, sticking with just the, sort of the German angle, um, for a moment but one of the peculiarities about the market is it's not particularly liquid so it's overwhelmingly the biggest economy in Europe and yet it comes in at number two or number three in terms of volume of sales um, with the UK actually being the most liquid market um, why do you think that is 
Um, I think it's just markets like the UK have always had a much more enthusiastic capital return. You, they, things go up in value, I think, as far as we've seen, much faster than they do anywhere else. And if you're a private equity company and you only want to hold on to something for five years, you can expect to get out quite quickly and happily. Germany doesn't have that reputation, I don't think. And I think it's also fair to say that the uh, because the German funds like investing in leased buildings, then that, that's kind of a, a nice confluence there in terms of the developers developing the buildings, signing up the leases with the German hotel brands, and then the funds coming along and buying those uh, those those properties. And that is a hold for them. They want they want that nice solid lease income for years and years to come. They're not really into trading portfolios. They're looking. They've got the investors putting the money into the funds. They need to generate a decent, solid return for some years to come. Mm, interesting. So, in terms of looking forward, in terms of what's happening in the German market, if it's getting too hot, is this top of the market time? Are we heading for a crash there, or is it, is the expectation it's just going to carry on at sort of a, on a plateau? The feeling from people that I've spoken to is that the demand will come for all these extra hotels, it will be fine, it will just will not be a spectacular rise of dramatic excitement and we can um, all expect joy ever after. It will just be, much as the German market has been before, a nice pleasing return. And also I think is it fair to say that the German market is not overly endowed with um, brands all the way through, there's still a lot of smaller um, more family-run businesses that might find the going harder as the market uh, gets yeah, a bit Yes, so and we've tougher. seen that the the market, as we as we know, is is leaning towards leases and very deeply, and people tend to favour that, and that's confusing for many people. But to, to achieve expansion, you have to be on the ground. We thought sort of Scandic, I think, go in either earlier this year or the end of last year, and they said you have to have people there. It's a completely different market to the rest of Europe, and so I think that's slowing a lot of the brands down as far as expansion goes. Great. Wraps it up for this week. You can read more about these issues in our Hotel Analyst Perspective email. Up to five stories can be read for free each month by simply registering at hotelanalyst.co.uk. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Catherine.